What's up? What's going on? You know, uh, ready, to, <laughs> ready to talk about, you know, big chips, take you home, you know, all the classics. Uh, big chips. No. <laughs> did we? Yeah, we did. We did. <laughs> talked about big chips on the Jay-Z retro. I'm, I mean, I hope we talked about it for about three seconds, but. And on the, um. And on the R. Kelly Definitive 15, I think there was some best of both worlds. Slander? Of course. Well, uh, of course. I, I think we, we might have said nice things about the intro. <laughs> I think that's the only record on just, the album. Just R. Kelly crooning best. Uh, and it's like, okay, what are you doing? <laughs> and he's ad-libbing his ad-libs? <laughs> head, of, head of his time. Very much so. Yeah, that's what all the young kids are doing now. Right, right now you throw auto-tune on R. Kelly... And over a 60 BPM trap beat, get him some braids. He's all in. <laughs> get him some braids. Maybe some, maybe already, some, maybe some ironic early 90s rock tees. Saying, R. Kelly, idiot he savant. Get, <laughs> he, he would just wear like his own 12 play shirt. Right. Oh man, I hope. Oh, see, I just hope he stays where he's at because I, 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 I can't. Far away from everybody. Well, that's pretty accurate. You're listening to Clock Radio Speakers with Armand and Doc. This week's episode is split into two sides. This is Side A. What's going on, everybody? Welcome to another episode of Clock Radio Speakers. I'm your co-host, Armand Wake Up. You can follow me on Twitter at Armand Wake Up, A-R-M-O-N-D, Wake Up, all one word. More important than that, follow the official Clock Radio Speakers Twitter handle, which is at CRS Podcast. You can get all of our previous episodes at clockradiospeakers.com. We are also on Facebook at facebook.com slash speakers. We are on Instagram at CRS Podcast. And you can also get many of our episodes at 4th District. We're on iTunes. We're on Stitcher. Everywhere you get um, podcasts except for SoundCloud because SoundCloud is trash. And uh, there would be no clock radio speakers without Doc. So Doc is here. What's up? Oof. It's hot, humid, and disgusting. Yeah, it's in other words, mad. it's summer in New England. What's going on, everybody? Uh, you can follow me on Twitter as always, <laughs> doc underscore beats. That's not a Z, but like Armand said, just follow the show because that's where everything. Uh, follow the show on Twitter or anywhere else because that's that's where we're at. But uh, yeah, man, things are good. What's up? You know, aside from the whole, you know, walking between meetings and stuff like that, and it's like it's it's a race of can I. You know, do do you try to like walk faster to get out of the heat, but then risk like getting sweaty, or do you try to do like the low and slow sort of model? I think that's right. why people down south walk really slow, right? Like they're just like it's hot, you walk too fast, you sweat. Is that the idea? I think I don't know. I think people I don't know people walk slow in the south for that reason. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't know that, that like was a super, characteristic. That was of super stuff. random. <laughs> I, I, I don't know. Um, Cue everybody who lives down south yelling at me right now. No, really. Right. I, I let me just say I had heard that that was like a thing that that, that people like because I, I, it kind of makes sense, right? Like if it's gonna be hot, like why walk fast? Like it's, you know. Either way, man, I got spoiled. Like work, you know, working from home the last two summers, where it's like you go outside because you're going outside, not like walking around like a city. You know what I mean? Right, right. And you're you're literally on a campus. Yeah, I mean, it's New Haven. It's New Haven, so like I it's a little cooler cuz you're by the water, but not so close that you're actually getting any like water breezes. Yeah. Yeah. Has has, any, has anybody from the school um <laughs> recognized you? Oh no. I am like I'm like 95 99.9% sure that uh that, that the Ivy League isn't real big on clock radio speakers. I mean, maybe I'm wrong. A lot of but, a lot of hip hop in Ivy Leagues, no? <laughs> no. Okay. Um uh, no, no, not 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 yet. We uh before we get into what we're going to talk about today, you yeah. and I, um, we both have reason to celebrate. Oh, man. I forgot about that. Yeah. And it just happened this week. <laughs> just happened this week. So tell the good people why we're celebrating. Well, Doc and I scored uh, pairs of the Ronnie Feig Dover Street Market 574s with the interchangeable ends on the, on the side of the shoe, man. Tough shoe. Yeah. Tough. How do you, how, so uh, not quite boost like but sort of boost ish in terms of what they're trying to do yep it's Uh, new balances and and boost has caught you know it's caused nike to go with the vapor max uh puma has has created in in a a technology like boost has kind of made everybody step their comfort up 
Um, but boost is still is still king. Yeah. But these five seven fours are still. I haven't I haven't worn them yet, but just wearing them around the house, like they're they're really comfortable. So can we talk about this interchangeable ends concept for a sec? Sure. Because me being an idiot, I'm thinking to myself, oh right, so like I can, you know, because they show off like in the promo shots for it and everything. They show like you know for the for the two pairs, so it's four ends total. They show different colors, and I'm sitting there looking. Oh, they're just trying to show all the all the different things they'll ship you with. But I'm thinking, no, no, they're gonna send me four of each color. Mm-hmm. Well, that's that was completely false. And now I'm sitting here like, so wait a minute. Aside from I have four of black, which is completely useless because my shoe is multi, multi is is like multiple colors of blue with some gray, right. and black is gonna look terrible on that. Yep. And I'm like, so what am I doing here? <laughs> Did you know before you got them that uh, we we were gonna have to uh, do some color, co- you know, color matching? <laughs> Um, I, I, one of the sneaker people that I follow on YouTube did say that certain colors did not come in, in fours. Um, but it didn't matter because I already was going to do all different colors anyway. Right. Um, you know, for the most part. And even then I'll just, there's a way to like get around it, but I wasn't, I didn't want four ends on. Otherwise I just would have bought a regular five, seven, four. Yeah. I mean, I wanted the, like I, so I'm sitting there thinking I was sort of anticipating there would be times where I'd have like multiples there'd be, but there'd be times where I'd have like a solid root, just a, like a regular color that works. You know what I mean? Right. But for them to, sh- what's, what's really weird about it to me is it's not even like they ship me like, cause you know, looking at the coloring of the shoe, if they said, okay, we'll only give you four of like this dark blue or dark gray that kind of matches. And then we'll let you go crazy with the rest of it. That would have made sense. But I'm like, not only did they give me four of black, but then they give me like two or three more of black, but in leather instead of suede. And I'm like, did they just like randomly toss these in? Yeah. That's I, the only part I, that, that I agree. Because look, it's, the thing, like, it's not like this is a cheap shoe. Not the most expensive out there, obviously. But you know, right. it's it's premium materials. Like I would exp- I would have expected a little bit more thought to go with that. But you know. It, it's, I think the most interesting thing, because I, I was fine. You know, the last pair of Ronnie Fox I bought were two, 200, 210, something like that. Like yeah. really expensive shoe. But they came with like socks they came with like five different laces, and so with my gray with my grays, they came with a gray. They came with a gray lace and a white lace already in. You, I would Wait, expect the. You got a gray lace. I got a gray lace. Josh, that makes me so mad. You know what they sent me? What they send you? White and black. Why would they send a black lace on a on a uh, blue shoe? Beats me. But thankfully, <laughs> beats me. I have two. Old pairs of the 574JNs, which are the color combo that the one that I bought was inspired by, literally sitting on my back porch. They're beaters now. Yeah. But the laces, so what I would, so what I did, <laughs> took out the, I, I unlaced one of the old ones, I washed the laces. Yep. And then I ironed that. them. Oh, wow. Because they had, they were, they, they literally had only been laced up once when I bought the shoe like 14 years ago. And so they, they were like kinked, you know what I mean? Like at that exact, like perfect spot. Yeah. So no, I I made them look I made them look brand new again. Gotcha. <laughs> Sitting there with the baking soda and the tooth pa- toothbrush, and I was I was going in. Baking soda, you got baking soda. Cooking it up. Um, but no, I was like, really, I almost to the point where like the between the black ends and the black laces, I was like, I almost I'm almost thinking they made a mistake. <laughs> yeah, it just it kind of didn't make sense because because I've heard some people say that they got all fours. And the blacks came with different, like the all blacks came with, um, I don't think they came with black ends or something like that. Yeah. So it just kind of doesn't make a lot of sense. That being said, anybody's listening to this who wants any amount of black ends, let me know. (laughs) (laughs) I'm looking for any and all salmon and blue. That's all I want. Yeah, I think I'm, yeah, I think I'm gonna go with salmon, uh, the cove color, a maroon and like a a white or something. Mm. They would go with those. Yeah, the salmon is nice. Salmon is super. I have nice. two different kinds of salmon. Yep. Okay. Yep. I as well. So yeah, I'm excited. I'm, I'm excited to bring them out. I don't know when I'm going to bring them out. Um, it's pretty hard to yell when the barrel's in your mouth. Mm. But mm. you know, <laughs> we'll figure it out. Speaking speaking, speaking of, of speaking of of Sean Corey Carter. So today we're going to do a definitive 15 on Jay Z. Yes, sir. It it. It was only right that we went there. But before we do that, we kind of have to follow up with 444, right? Yeah. So 
needless to say, most listeners did not agree with my assessment. Yes. I was not out there all alone, but... Yeah, you had some supporters. Right. I wasn't totally on an island, more like an isthmus, maybe a peninsula. <laughs> there were... <laughs> Like there was, I was kind of out there, but not a hundred percent out there. But, um, you know, it seems like people overwhelmingly like this album. Yes, they did. A, a large percentage of people have this down as a classic. Yeah. Yep. Okay. <laughs> I mean, yep. I don't know. I feel like, yeah, we'll see. Like, I'd be really interested to see how people feel about this once time has gone on. And same for me, right? If I come back to this in three months and I'm like, oh, maybe, you know, maybe some songs stick with me a little better. Maybe they don't. But, well, we'll talk about how prepping for this Definitive 15 made me actually feel about some of his old stuff a different kind of way. But how are you feeling with that? Have you listened to it at all since we recorded? Of course. And um, you, you still, well, uh, still on board? Well, let me, let me say this first and foremost. I think your posture towards this 444 album and sort of the, the fake slander that you got, it reminded me of an album that recently turned five years old this week, uh, which was Frank Ocean's Channel Orange, oh. where I wasn't crazy about the album. You loved it. A lot of our listeners loved it. And a lot of our listeners just could not fathom why I didn't love it. And it's funny now that five years later, I saw a lot of quote unquote hot takes that said that Channel Orange, oh, Channel Orange isn't that good. Um, I'm, I'm starting to get like tired of the social media narrative where like something is great. And then after time passes, it's trash or something's trash. And then suddenly it's great. Like everything like. Just the, the, the fake evolving of people's opinions is is ridiculous because you guys loved Frank six months ago until he dropped those bricks. But I digress. Um, but it, it sort of rem- it just reminded me of that. And so it did make me think about, well, how are people going to feel about this album in a year, in five years? Are people going to be playing this album at the end of the year? You know, I'm sure it's going to be at the top of people's list just because of like everything that it's stirred up. But, you know, it it. It could potentially have the lemonade factor where people loved lemonade and lemonade was the talk of the town for a good month, month and change. And at the end of the year, I didn't see it on anybody's end of the year list where people just realized like, oh, it was the moment that it created. But the music itself, though it had it had hit records and et cetera, cetera, like as a body of work, it just wasn't that good. So I don't know. But as for me, like sitting with this album for another week, I still I still love it. I still feel the exact same way about the songs um, that I that I loved. Um, I still don't like Moonlight. I still don't like uh, Caught Their Eyes. Um, but, you know, Marcy Me is phenomenal. Um, I'm surprised I haven't heard more rappers on Family Feud. Um, if I would have more time, I probably would have dropped a freestyle to it. I'm not gonna lie, because I've got some instrumentals for the album. Um, but yeah, I still love it. I still love it. Is it going to be like number four? I'm not sure because in listening to these J albums and seeing a lot of people's lists, two albums that I'm really interested about, and we'll probably talk about them today, that people really knock people for having low on their list is uh, Volume 1 and Dynasty. Mm. And I feel like Dynasty is an album that aged really well. Yeah. And so when you hear those records, it's like, whoa, like this might be top five J. This might this might round it out. It'll it'll be a battle between 444 and Dynasty for that fifth spot. I think it's funny you mention that because what I I don't think I mentioned this when we reviewed 444 is I mean really like people who have it down as a classic. I'm like I was actually going to point out like almost nobody calls Dynasty a classic, but like to I mean look Dynasty has some clunkers. Yeah, mm-hmm. but it also has some of Jay's strongest work, mm-hmm. and so. I would much most, rather listen. I would much. <laughs> I just described a swath of Jay's career, right? <laughs> right. Um, uh, I would much rather listen to Dynasty than 444. But I've also been listening to songs from the Dynasty for you know 17 years now. So right. let's give 444 a little bit of space. Yeah, I think I think I think it's just again. I think it, it's the. I think it was what on top of what what was being said. It was who was saying, it, and I think that really just stuck with people. I think some of it is a little idolatry, and I think people have Jay in just this godlike space. But I think for some people, they've just acknowledged that Jay has had a lot of power in his space, and for him to sort of renounce some of the things that he was—he's been talking about for much of his career. You know, I think for some of us, I also think for some of us who listen to sample-based 88, 89, 90 BPM records, like you know, the production isn't like a breath of fresh air. Like it's good, it's it's really good at times, but is it like? amazing eh, but it's still a great album 
It's still a great and I'm and I'm very curious to know what time is gonna do to this record and to the narrative of this album. I think time is gonna do favors for the narrative. I'm very curious to know what it does for the music. Mm. So, still, so uh because oh, and last yeah, thing yeah, I'll yeah. say, like you really threw me off. Like <laughs> I really just thought we were gonna go and have like a love fest with this album. Oh and so I didn't so like last week I didn't even listen to the episode and people were like hitting me, you know, hitting me and asking me about the album, whatever, whatever, and like how the show went, and like I, I felt like I couldn't really get my bars off because you threw me off so crazy. <laughs> like I just couldn't, I could not believe it. But I get it, but I just just couldn't believe it. So he released some bonus tracks. Yes. Uh, yeah, on the physical. <laughs> so <laughs> let me make sure I understand this correctly. The guy who owns a streaming service who signed a deal with Sprint so that they would pay for the first million downloads, Mm -hmm. releases bonus tracks that you can't get on his streaming service and you have to buy a physical for. It's another... I I mean, who... Well, I don't don't think that's necessarily... Because one, I think you're, you're adding value to your physical copies. And then number two, if he's putting out these physical copies, he's still making money off of it. So uh, of course, of course, you've got, I, people who, you've got people who are paying nine ninety nine for title and then bought the physical for twelve ninety nine and got the three bonus tracks. Now what I did here, my bigger complaint is that I heard that the physical copy is really flimsy. There's like, no credits. Yeah. No credit, no book like that. That's what I heard. And that kind of made me say, well, wait a minute, I'm not paying $13 for a mixtape. And this is the guy who, you know, on the intro to volume three, raps about the simple pleasure in life of unwrapping a CD. Yeah, I mean, or, 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 or <laughs> if, if they were just record, well, never mind, whatever. I was going to say, if they were recording the album as soon as last week. Yeah, that's why. You know what I'm saying? Like, do you have time? But at the same time, you have time. Right. <laughs> Right. It's like, do you have time? But at the same time, like blow it out. And like, if you really want like people to be able to get the physicals, like do like a, like do something special for the folks who want to get the vinyl, like do like, that's how you, that's how you do something interesting with physical, like make it a worthwhile this, you know, he might as well have just had like, you know, a couple bonus tracks for circuit city and, you know, throw in the 3d glasses like Nostradamus and, you know, just go, (laughs) whoa, 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 3d. Wait, what were the Nostradamus 3d glasses? Circuit city. If you bought the Nostradamus album from Circuit City, you got bonus tracks and you got 3D glasses so that you could watch that stupid Nostradamus video in 3D. Oh, like the crappy yeah. 3D glasses. <laughs> yeah. I forgot about that. <laughs> That's hilarious. Anyway, um, so how do you feel about the bonus tracks? Um, funny. My favorite one is the record that I didn't think I'd like, which the- is Adnus. Oh, I didn't think I would like Adnus at all, but Adnus is tough. Um, the other two records, I'm I'm cool on. Many, I feel like I want to like Mini Face God. Yeah, like I want to, but the beat just doesn't quite. Mm, and the it, the blue record is not. Nah. Yeah, it's. I mean, it's really obvious why those aren't on. They don't fit in with the album, really. I think. Um, I think Adnus totally fits in with the album thematically maybe i don't think sonically it does but maybe that's just me yeah it, i could eh, eh, eh. i think it, it could fit okay i think i need a one point i think i need to do a 1.5 since i know you ain't gonna do it <laughs> who no um yes. what's a 1.5 anyway um so uh bonus tracks came on physical copies and so jay went platinum first week mm-hmm. because he signed the deal with with sprint but he's not number one in the charts did you see this no, I really haven't had time to pay attention to all of it. I, I, I heard about it, but I, didn't, I don't know the details. So, Title didn't report streaming numbers. Why? Um, I mean, I'm going to be cynical and say because the streaming numbers might not have been enough for him to go number one. Mm. And so... the Over, whole, over what? Over Khaled's album? Yeah, Khaled is still number one on the charts right now. That's crazy. Because, I mean, the thing is, like, Jay didn't play... It's funny, right? For a guy who owns a streaming service, he still this is a pretty traditional move like you know did you see like chris brown's latest project has like 40 tracks on it or something you know because people are gaming the streaming system Uh like a 10 a 10 song album has to be streamed a lot to go number one oh well well looks like my album isn't going number one (laughs) kairos this is not it's okay kairos 3 will be 25 (laughs) tracks 68 tracks (laughs) 
quadruple disc. I'm just gonna no, no, no. I'm just gonna do what I used to do for the for the best of mixtapes I did with Superstar J and Big T, where it's just gonna be a verse of yours, and then we're gonna yes. blend right into the next song. Yes, it's gonna be 68 tracks, 68 minutes. That's hilarious. Yeah, I'm gonna I'm, I miss those. <laughs> um, yeah. So I mean, but I'm not. I don't know. I I have no problem with them not doing that because look, Jay's Jay's trying Jay's trying to get people to sign up for title. I totally get that. He also loves the idea of having Sprint pay for the million records so that he can say, I went platinum first week, it's another platinum plaque. Like he gets to kind of have it both ways. But it's an interesting thing. I, I can't remember, I can't tell you I've really heard of a time when, although I seem to recall Kanye kind of having weirdness with, with title and numbers for his initial release too, for Life of Pablo. Um, I mean, title just, even though I'm sure a bunch of people subscribe just for 444, title in general just doesn't really have a, almost a big enough install base if if title is your exclusive for the first the whole first week i just don't think you can go number one i think beyonce was only on title exclusively for lemonade for what like two days was it wasn't it a full it wasn't a full week because uh, okay. she couldn't have gone number one there just literally aren't enough people that subscribe to title gotcha so in case anybody had, had read about that that's what's going that's that's my interpretation of what's going on anyway um, but uh, uh, let's get away from boring sales stuff. The last 444 thing, I think, is you man Jay is going on tour. Yes, 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 yes. And you have tickets, good sir. I have good tickets as well. Good tickets. Yep. Um, new, uh, I went to the Detroit show. New Arena downtown. Comic Sans Dan has put a lot of money into Detroit. Um, I will be down there sometime next month to check that out. Um, I've heard I've heard some really interesting things about it, so I want to see it. Plus, it's on a Saturday. Mm. Uh, otherwise, the closest location is a uh, Cleveland, and that's on a Sunday night. That's tough. And <clears throat> taking the day off, getting a hotel like that, just nah, just makes more sense. I can go to Detroit. I got family there. You know, I can make a weekend out of it, and it'll work out. Um, and so we've got. You know, I'm a I'm a lower I'm a lower bowl guy. Mm. Yeah, of course. And, so I, I I popped for the lower bowl. Um, I didn't I didn't pay over a hundred bucks a ticket. So <sighs> so when I, prices, right? That's what I'm saying. So when I I had I saw your tweet, but before then, I've got a a friend of mine who recently moved to Brooklyn, and she was like, I want to go to the Barclays show, but nosebleeds are 140 bucks. Yeah. So the Boston show was going to be on a Saturday, and I was like, this is perfect. And so I'm looking, and what I would consider bad seats, so. Like upper bo- upper bowl all the way in the corner in the back. Those tickets are like ninety dollars. That's crazy. If you want to be sort of like on the equivalent of half court, right? Because it looks as though the ma- the on Ticketmaster, at least for the Boston show, looks like he's doing um an, like a a little sort of in the round, like it's just a circular stage in the center. Um, so if you want to be upper bowl, but you know, like right at half court, so basically right over the top of where Jay would be. Those were like 130. Lower bowl were like 250 plus. That's crazy. And I'm like, listen, at some point I need to see Jay Z live, but my goodness, y'all might as well just go to like I might I really honestly be way cheaper for me to even counting like hotels for me and Marissa and travel. Like it'd be cheaper for me just to try to get tickets to made made in America. Yeah. Like I those are ridiculous, right? Yeah, those are ridiculous tickets. That's really expensive, man. Yeah. That that wasn't even counting. He had like four different levels of VIP seats, mm-hmm. and I was like, man. And I'm I'm really just beginning to sort of accept that. Like when I didn't see the Watch the Throne tour, like that might have been the moment I really missed out, and that's really sad. Eh, eh, eh. Did you did you want to see niggas in Paris perform fifteen times? Do do, do I want to hear again? <laughs> do I want to hear four forty four and pay two hundred fifty dollars? No. <laughs> Stop. Saying. Um Stop. so yeah, that's what's uh that's that's my so, yeah, I'm excited. So that's yeah, so that's uh that's November eighteenth, I think is my show song. You know what though? Like for if it was less than a hundred dollars for lower bowl, I probably would have bought them. Yeah. Just so that, I could have crossed Jay off the list. Yeah, that's why I was that's why I was excited and that's why I was kinda shocked about the 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 fake outrage and the backlash because I was like, Well, my experience, you know, Midwest. Gang, gang. West, West. Yeah. West, West. That's better. Yep. <laughs> West, West, West. Yeah. So I'm excited. I'm looking forward to it. I can cross Jay off my list. Um, 
But I feel like I need to see him. It depends on the J that we get. I'm very curious to know what kind of J we're getting at this concert because he's got to perform these records. So how do you perform these records and then like big pimping and give it to me? I don't want to. He- I don't want to hear those records at this concert. Oh, I know I'm going to hear him. I know I'm going to hear him. I know that. I almost think so. This is really funny you mentioned that, right? So um, when I saw Francis and the Lights at Eau Claire's, the new stuff that he was working on with Ink is all really like low. It's like sort of somber and like serious, darker music. Mm-hmm. But he's also like got a bunch of stuff in his, especially off his most recent album that is very like danceable and upbeat and everything. So what he did <laughs> was kind of weird, but it kind of worked because it's Wisconsin. Um, he did the, so he basically almost did like two mini sets connected by no joke. He's saying, uh, the star spangled banner in between as like a, here's how I'm going to transition. And of course a bunch of, you know, drunk, uh, white bros in the audience were like, started chanting USA afterwards. And, and he, he was told, you could tell he was totally thrown by that. And he just kind of looks, he's like, huh, Okay. Didn't expect that. And next, he literally was just trying to find some way to, to connect the two. But basically, he did like two mini sets because they were totally different. And I could, I mean, I don't know if Jay would, I, I don't need to hear Jay speak the Star Spangled Banner, but I could almost imagine like he could do like the classics and then figure out some way to transition into a more intimate like 444 set. You know what I mean? Yeah. I don't know. Be interesting though, because <laughs> he's like, He's like, so now let me do Big Pimpin' followed by 444. Wait a minute. Exactly, exactly. You can't do Big Pimpin' and 444. You can't. And then we're going to follow it up with, is that Joe Check? It's like, no, no, no. (laughs) Can't do it. Like, And follow that up with my verse from Pharrell's Young Girl. It's like, stop, turn over. (laughs) Just give me me a modified B-side. I know I'm not getting it. But Mm. just give me a modified B-sides concert and I'm good. I'm good. I'm good. Give me friend of foe. Mm. Give me, you know what I'm saying? Give me, give me some reasonable doubt joints. Give me American dream. Give me some of the records that we're going to be talking about today. Um, you know, run through your, run through your classic verses, do four alarm blaze, do blackout, do reservoir dogs, do beware the boys. <laughs> uh, stop 2.1 or whatever it was called. Oh, stop. Oh, stop, stop, stop. <laughs> Are we ready to, to do this to me 15? Yeah, I think we're good. I think we're good. Everything else, okay, so I've talked about this on Twitter, and people have asked me. Yeah. Um, so Tyler, the creator, has sprung a leak, um, <laughs> street, Streets on Fire, and um, people have asked for an episode on this album. Um, we will not do that this week, but we will talk about Tyler next week. Next week, absolutely, 100%. I, had, I, I could only listen to it like one and a half times before I was like, nope, nope, I got to stop because I need to decide between these 55 jay-z tracks that were on the <laughs> you also i i would write before you before you go and just for our listeners or whatever before we delve into that the uh cherry bomb documentary is on youtube mm. highly suggest you watch that could i'll say this next week i'll say it right now like can we kickstart or in indiegogo or get do something to get a version of that album where the vocals are mixed at a reasonable level he talks about why he mixed the album. I like know that. why he did that, but I- <laughs> no, I agree. I agree. You know I- what? Just release like the st- release the the instrumentals in the acapella and let some enterprising person <laughs> put that together. Like really, <laughs> yeah. Because Cherry Cherry Bomb is great, but there's certain records that I can't listen to, and I can't listen to them because the mix is so bad. Right. So we'll yeah we'll talk we'll we'll talk Tyler next week and we'll we'll figure it out. But yeah, let's let's get into these definitive Jay Z records. Let's do God it. help us. Let's do it. This was, I love doing these Defender 15s because every single time I come out of it, well, maybe not the R. Kelly one, but that was the first one. Almost every single time I come out of it with a sort of slightly tweaked opinion or a new perspective on an artist that you'd think I would have heard way too many times before. Did you have any sort of like feeling like that prepping for this? No. Okay. No. Okay. It, it, for, for me, again, like Jay's one of those, Jay's one, it was curious because it was like, what Jay do because it's like different J's have different definitive records. That was that was my challenge. Yeah, so we should definitely talk about what our sort of criteria were. So Go ahead. I, all right. So I was trying to do a couple things. I was trying to really like tell the story of Jay-Z. Okay. Right. So which songs mattered the most to his career or played like really important roles? 
I also wanted to be able to show off Jay when I thought he was at his best. And then the other thing is, is I think one of the defining aspects of Jay's career is his versatility and his longevity, right? And so to me, that's really shown off by, I think there, he has these like, he's formed over the years, these great like producer partnerships, like his work with Primo, his work with Swiss, Timbo, Just, Kanye, Pharrell, even back to Ski. Um, like he's, it, you know, there have been all of the, and all of those guys make very, I mean, for the most part, like there was obviously, you know, Justin Kanye were on a very similar wave in the early 2000s, but, you know, there's a, that's a lot of different styles and sounds. And so I wanted to make sure I tried to get for, for me anyway, out of those key producer partnerships, I wanted to make sure I could grab one. Yeah. Okay. That was the way I tried to do it. And it was interesting because what I ended up with is I don't think this is what I would like list as my 15 favorite Jay-Z tracks or maybe even the 15 best Jay-Z tracks, if that makes sense. Yeah. Yeah. I, I think, I think I picked my definitive based off of the records that make me a fan of his mm. and records that when, you know, like I don't necessarily have a goat, but if somebody says Jay-Z is the greatest rapper ever, it's like, yeah. And so those are the records that the 15 that I picked, well, not the 15, the records that I picked, because I picked a lot, <laughs> they sort of like, sort of like you, they, it's a it's a definitive collection. And they, and one thing that I noticed is that there's a certain J that I like mm. more than the other J's that are also great, but there's just one type of J in particular that I really go for. Interesting. Yeah. The, the other thing I want to say before we get started, what we could totally do, and I can't do next week because I need, this has been a lot of Jay-Z in, you know, <laughs> two weeks. Um, but it would be interesting conversation sometime. Maybe we just do it off the cuff at one point on one of, one of our episodes. But you could easily have a definitive 15 conversation about Jay-Z guest versus. Oh, 100%. We could have totally broke this down. And what I did, I never really appreciated. Like, if you were to ask me before I, I was doing prep for the show, what I when I thought Jay was at the peak of his powers, right? I probably yeah. would have said, well... Maybe 96, but by 2001, maybe because he's sort of really putting it together in terms of the beats with, but he's still, you know, maybe not A plus, but he's still A to A minus J most of the time. Like I, I might have picked one of those two, but if you listen to his guest verses, I think 98 Jay-Z might have been, might have been the best. Like he might have been, I don't, I don't know. I don't think he necessarily always made the best songs. 98, like 98, 99 Jay-Z. It's like 99. Yeah. Like he's... I would almost include 2000 on that just because Jay was really rapping on that Dynasty album. Yeah, no, absolutely. I mean, I'm, I was just really shocked that like, you listen to his, like, listen to his guest verses from like 96. Uh -huh. Most of them are, eh. They're, they're good. They're, they're okay. But like in 98, 99 and in 2000, it's just like, everything is just like crazy. Yeah. Crazy. Yeah, I, think that, I think that's why when we've talked about, you know, people, um, when, you know, when the blueprint came out in 2001, the the talk online was about how whack the bars were and i think that's what was the biggest shock was hearing those hearing those verses jay was not very um i'm not going to call i'm not going to say he wasn't lyrical cuz i think lyrical is relative but he wasn't as clever as he was in 98 99 right. 2000 he wasn't as intricate once there there is that's the good word it's a good word so he wasn't as intricate as he was in that three year span, it was very much simple, plain Jane. Truthfully, mm -hmm. I went around like common sense and right. it just, yeah. I bounce up like round ball. Yeah. Pack heat like the oven door. door. Yep. yep. Anyway. All right. Let's get going. Let's do it. I'll give you the honor of going first. All right. So, do you have these in any sort of order? Absolutely not. Okay. There's minor, no way. minor in chronological order. Okay. Okay. <laughs> of course they are. Um, <laughs> I'll start naming off like my favorite Jay-Z records because my favorite Jay-Z records are 100% on this list. Okay. So give me um, one. What do you got? The first one I have, <laughs> I kind of don't want to like intro them because I'm not going to lie with the, with the Mob Deep episode. I did like these elaborate intros and you were like, nah. <laughs> <laughs> like, eh. All right. So the first one that I got yeah. actually was number one. The first record I didn't even have to think about it was Allure. Interesting. Allure is a perfect song. Hmm. It is a perfect song. It is a perfect song. Original or remix? The remix is fantastic, but it's not the original. Mm. I thought about including the remix um, as, a, as a bonus, but I'll just acknowledge that it's a fantastic record. But, man, this record. 
so why why allure? Because allure is not in my fifteen. Um, I think that if Jay, this should this should have been my first song because my first song is a terrible song. Always right. So in other words, allure should end the album to you. Yes, I agree with that one hundred percent. Yes, it's it's a record that like it's like. I did it my way. This and you talked about this last week. You made a really good point about Marcy Me, how Jay is at his best when he's reminiscing. Mm. And so Jay's reminiscing. And I realized I quite a few of these records that I have are Jay reminiscing. Mm. Um it's just something about that Pharrell, the the instrumental, what it captures. I even think the faith, the black scene helps it out a lot. Oh, yeah, Pharrell explaining what he's doing with the is yeah. Yep. And so and Jay just painting that picture of this is where I am and even the parts of it that are still calling my name, I still hear those voices, but I can't do that now because I'm Jay-Z and like that sort of dynamic. It's just a, it's just a beautiful record. If, if I'm listening, because that's one thing that I do with a lot of my Definitive 15s. I also say if, if somebody sat down and said, I need to know about Jay-Z, you know, I've been listening to a lot of 444. And so that's sparked up conversations with my kids. So like when they get to an age where I feel like, you know, we can really have those conversations about Jay and like his history and stuff. And that's coming really soon for my daughter. This will be one of the first records that I play her mm. without question. And we'll talk about it. So, yeah, Allure's number one without question. Interesting. What about you? The first song I wrote down, I didn't even have to think about it. The Evils. <sighs> Jay might not be better. Second verse is the is the best Jay Z verse. Do not argue with me. I'm not talking to you. <laughs> I'm, talking to my, I'm talking to our listeners. We used to fight for building blocks. Now we. F- that is the best Jay Z verse. Period. Ever. Yeah. yeah. Nope. Yeah. 100% was on my list. Um. Oh, I didn't realize that Primo samples a gospel record on this. Yeah. Again, the Reasonable <laughs> Doubt documentary it used to be on Netflix. I don't know if it is anymore, but. Uh, Primo explaining the record yeah. helps this out even more. But yeah, this is a gospel. Man, listen, there's some, listen. <laughs> I'm trying to get y'all to, listen, this is what pissed me off. Let me tell y'all what pissed me off. <laughs> tell them why you mad, <laughs> Listen, this is my fourth album. Yo, I'm in the barbershop and shout out to O-Sharp, friend of the show. He's, we're listening to the album and then Family Feud comes on and he's like, nobody should have got this sample before you. First of all, do you know how long I've been trying to get my producer friends to sample gospel? Since like 05. I'll never forget. I sit in Doc a gospel record like, yo, you should sample this. And Doc was like, I don't know if he said this verbatim, but he basically said, what do you want me to do with this? <laughs> <laughs> and then like six months ago, he's like, yo, check Dropbox. And it's a beat with that sample. Get out of my face. <laughs> Listen, sometimes it happens. Sometimes, sometimes it Sometimes it takes a while. I get it. I get it. I get it. But stuff like that pisses me off. And like, oh, you, you should I just put out a single that sampled a gospel record. What are y'all talking about? But whatever. Well, this is not about me. This is about Jay. Okay, so why is the Evils number one? Well, it's number one because it's chronological. But why is the the Evils on your list? Like, so for I mean, like this is just an incredible song, right? Like it's a fantastic beat. It is primo. It is like this is an A plus plus primo song. Yes. It is a classic primo hook. But Jay is even better. Like as you pointed out, the second verse is unbelievable. Honestly, the first verse is unbelievable. The yeah. third verse would 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 be like. You know, really good on most songs. It's not as strong as the first two, but it's still really good. But the first verse is incredible. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But no, this is like it, to me. If I'm thinking like 96J, people revere that, even though some of that is revisionist history. Like, let's all be be kind of honest. Um, but people revere 96J for the skill, like what he is showing on songs like The Evils. Like, I just can't. I mean, I could just sit here and just quote the entire second verse, but and I mean, honestly, the entire first verse too. Like this is, it is, so I've used this, of uh, this sort of concept and phrase to describe some of my favorite rappers from the mid nineties. Cause I don't really hear a lot of this anymore. And it is a, it almost feels wrong now, but it's like, it is a ruthlessness. It is yeah. like Jay is cold hearted and ruthless on this song. Yes. And I love it. Yeah. Big used yeah, to there's, do that. There's no, you're right. There's no. Nobody uh, does that. There's no regret. There's no repentance on the evils. It's like like he's he almost like he feel he doesn't feel bad that he's doing it. He feels bad that it 
had to come to that. Right. That's different. I think the closest you might get to that in more recent times might be some of Push's stuff, but he is always a little bit more detached from it. No, yeah, I was about to say, He's no, no, too no, 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 cool no, no, for that. Yeah, nah, push, nah, push. But he push can sometimes rapper. kind of get close to that, but it's not the same. No, and and I think Pusha raps about watching other people doing it and then maybe him reaping the benefits, just like being a part of the crew. Like, But from what I remember, Malice was the one who was actually like mm. in it, in it. You know what I'm saying? So their perspectives are are different. But you make a good point about Push. Like Push, he might be too cool for that. Yeah. Which kind of sucks because it feels like he can only say but so much. And it may be because he still got some people in that and he doesn't want to incriminate anybody. That might right. be it too. Right. No, Deals, I mean, I didn't have to think about it. It's, it's, it's at the top because it's chronological, but it was the first. I mean, there were probably five or six songs I wrote down without even having to think about it. And this is one of them. Yeah. Yeah. And I think like if you're trying to, there are, I mean, I'll just say right now, there are, I have three reasonable doubt records on here and it was hard not to put like seven. I would, I'm looking right now. I have <laughs> one, two, three, four, five, six. Yeah, I have seven. Right. So I chose three. And so I really had to like narrow it down. But I mean, if you want to like, to me, this is one of those, like, this is what Jay was like in 96. This is what he was capable of. This is the peak of his this is one of the peaks of his powers like i think um so bill simmons uh, who now writes for the ringer founded grantland we used to work for espn for a long time he um he wrote a book about basketball back in the i don't know like uh, probably 10 years or so ago almost at this point and in it he describes how some great players actually have multiple primes like if you look at jordan's career like mm-hmm. you could say like one prime was almost like 87 88 for him uh-huh. Right. And then he had another one in the early nineties. Then he yep. had another one. Like he had multiple primes. You could say the yep. same thing about Magic Johnson. Yep. Um, you now I think you could probably say the same thing about LeBron. Like his game is evolving. Yep. He's had multiple primes. Jay, yep. I think you can argue had multiple primes. There's and, no argument. And it's one of the top things, like and it's it's it sucks because, you know, a lot of a lot of people are our age or around our age will say, Well, you know, Big was yeah, unfortunately, like it just really sucks, but like Big never had the chance to have multiple primes. Right. You might, you could probably argue he was entering a second prime when he was murdered. One hundred percent early, bit, but Jay continues to be around, but was around in his prime long enough to peak multiple times, and in an era when hip hop was evolving rapidly in terms of how mm-hmm. it sounded, he got mm-hmm. to showcase multiple primes over very different sounding beats, and that is one of the defining characteristics of his career. Mm-hmm. And so, if I want to point to, give me an example of, of prime ninety six Jay Z, I mean. The Evils is one of the two tracks that I'm pointing to. Yeah, yeah. That's why it's on my list. Um, the Evils is on my list. Okay. I'm just going to, I think I'm going to go with you. I'm, I'm just going to go chronologically. It just makes more sense. Okay. Um, so I'm going to go, I think I've, I've narrowed down my other two reasonable <laughs> doubt records. Um, so number three is going to be Dead Presidents. Not one. on my list. Wow. Right. Really hard. Really hard. Yeah. But why, so... Dead Prez one or two? One. Okay. Two's dope. Two's dope. But I, I I remember hearing one because one's one of those one is one of those videos. I remember where I was where I heard it for the first time. To me, that's what makes it definitive. Is watching it on Rap City and seeing the helicopter land on the heliport, Jay get out the car, Jay rapping about Bill Cosby, Jay playing Monopoly with real money with A Z and Biggie. Um, he don't land at the airport. He called the Clareport. Yeah. Like it, to me, that, that was a moment for me personally. And then on top of that, that Lonnie Liston Smith sample is bananas. Ski flipped that crazy. And Jay, this is just, this, this is what y'all got (laughs) recognized. Like this is Jay's first single. Yeah. We can talk about, I can't get with that. Whatever. No, this is. He did, he blew up off of Ain't No Nigga, which is not on my list. Um, this was many people's first introduction to Jay-Z. So if you are going back and you weren't around in 1996 or 95, I think, is when the single came out. Late 95 or something like that. I don't remember. Um, I, th- I, I hear you. I hear you talking. <laughs> I hear you talking. <laughs> just go ahead and just don't even try just to be looking it up. It. Looking it up. Looking it up. Let me know. If you were around in... 95 96 and you heard that like it was just it's amazing how 
that record was considered common and that's just a testament to how amazing 95 and 96 was for hip-hop but this is just a, another flawless record beats crazy Nas scratch hook is crazy versus a crazy yeah to me it's to me it's definitive J. Yeah, I wouldn't disagree with that at all. I mean, it's not on my list, but it was it was one of the really hard ones to remove because if you're if you're trying to like set the stage for somebody who's never heard Jay Z before, which was sort of the original idea of our Definitive Fifteen, yeah. this is where the Jay Z mythology begins right here. Yes, he establishes mm-hmm. it in the video, in the lyrics. I mean, in my lifetime came out in '95 and is technically earlier. Um, but as you pointed out, Dead Presidents that was really from you know. That was that. That's what got most people. So yeah, uh, I can't. Yep. I can't. I you know, I'm not. I'm not going to refute anything. Dead Presidents is an incredible record. Um, remember Dead Presidents three? Of course, good. Of course, pretty yeah, good. really good, really, really good. good. Yep. The amazing thing about Dead Presidents two, and this is just Jay Z. This is, I mean, ninety six Jay Z was ridiculous. You know, he re- so he has Dead Presidents, and then the same beat, three entirely new verses, and people debate about which one's better. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It's pretty crazy. Yeah, ninety six J was just. I know he was he was something else. I was catching stuff from. Re- I think I caught everything on Reasonable Doubt in like two thousand and six or seven. I think is when I finally caught everything. It took a while. Yeah, really appreciate it. To the second one came out. Yeah, pretty much. Okay. All right. What's what's uh what's next for you? What's third for you? Uh, this is my second one. Second. I'm sorry. Uh, Brooklyn's finest. <clears throat> Not on my list. So. I chose this one because it's really hard to talk about Jay's career without talking about Biggie. Sure. And I think this is my favorite Jay and Big record. <laughs> it's better It's better than I Love the Dough. No, it's not. Oh, stop it. No, it's not. I Love the Dough is good. Really good. <laughs> really, really good. Brooklyn's Finest is incredible. It is incredible. Okay. Incredible yeah. beat. Um, yeah. I think unders... I think like... Again, if I was trying to explain like Jay's career to somebody who had only maybe heard recent Jay or wasn't really that familiar, he he references Big so much, <laughs> infamously references Big so much later on in his career that I wanted to sort of I wanted to showcase kind of what could have been for them. Yeah. And Brooklyn's Finest is incredible. I love Jay on it. I love the beat. Big is incredible on it. It's it's weird because depending on how I feel about. Um, about reasonable doubt on, a, on any given day, like trying to figure out which are like my favorite, like what's my order of like my favorite one through five best songs. I, phew, yeah. Good luck. Um, Cause some of them are just, you know, it's like, if you're rating them on a five out of five, it's like, is there a six out of five scale? Cause like some of these, you know, but Brooklyn's finest is, man, I love that song. But so you think I love the dough is better. Yeah. I've said that on multiple occasions. Yes. Mm, mm. Okay. Yes. Gotta let it show. Hmm. I love the dough. Love the dough. Hey, yeah. Okay. I think I think it's um it's almost like I'm I'm very curious to know what a commission album would have sounded like because I feel like the only reason why I say that is because I feel like a commission album would have sounded like what the firm album was supposed to sound like or it at least would have been similar in fashion. Well, I think would have been really flashy, lots of you know, crystal bubbly. Let me so let me ask you two questions. We're gonna get really nerdy here. So what year? would the commission album have been released in? Because that's really important. Um, probably the same year. When, when did the uh, Wonderful World of Cesar Leo come out? Was that 99? 99. 99, probably 98. Oof. So, oh, okay. Here's the next question. Would the commission have been on Bad Boy, Undeas, or some other label? Undeas. You know what? Label stuff, there's no way Puff would have allowed that to happen. The way that, I'm curious to know if Life After Death would have been as successful had Big been alive for it. It oh. would have been successful without that's, question. That's one of the greatest what ifs ever, right? Yeah, um, but like how successful would it have been? Because I feel like Puff, you know, rumor has it, strong rumor has it, is that Big was looking to get off a of bad boy. I don't even think that was a rumor. Big was looking to get off bad boy, but, you know, Puff had that paperwork. So there's no way that Puff was going to let his cash cow get away. So unless, can- uh, you know, unless he had Mace waiting in the cut. Yeah, because here's the thing. So, like, let's say it's released in '98. That so that's a really tough transitional time for hip hop. So, does that mean it's full of shiny suit beats because they record it in '97 and then they end up looking ridiculous when DMX comes out, or 
Mm. If it's Anandias, do they even get the hitman on it because Puff's unhappy? How, what does it even sound like? Actually, a commission album would have been really difficult. Mm-hmm. Because if you have Big, but you don't have the hitman, and, you know, Ski was kind of almost sort of like an in-house producer for Rockefeller, but not really. So I'm not really sure where that goes. Yeah. 97, 98. And it's one of the interesting things about this definitive 15, because Jay navigates it maybe about as well as anybody could have. We've talked about it before on the show. I think it's one of the more interesting things in hip hop. Like we really went in the span of six months from something like a phenomenon to get at me dog. Right. And then Mm -hmm. Swiss comes in with the keyboards and changes. And then it's just like, depending on when you recorded your album, either sounded woefully out of date or you, you know, who knows? So it's, uh, yeah, a commission album would have been interesting. Super yeah. interesting. You know, maybe it sounds more like, cause Black Rob's album released in 2000, but was really recorded in 98, 99. Maybe it ends up being kind of like that, in which case, ooh, yeah. You know, cause I, who doesn't want Harf Pierre, aka Joe Hooker, singing on a commission <laughs> record? I'd still want Harf Pierre and Joe Hooker on, on my album. Can we get, can we get Joe Hooker on Kairos too? I think he's available. I dare you to, I, I dare you 2K18. Can you flip that same sample? I'm sure you can. <laughs> That's an interesting question. Anyway, getting wildly <laughs> off topic. Uh, Brooklyn's Finest. Yeah, that was my number that was my number two. <laughs> uh, number three for you? Uh, well, you, you, um, D-Evils was already on your list, but... Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. So this is technically number four. Um, okay, you know what? I'm going to add this one on here. Another <laughs> reason, My last Reasonable Doubt right okay. Um Just because Reasonable Doubt was so monumental for me. I wasn't sure... Which one to do between this one and regrets? Mm. I love regrets. Yes, you do. I'm looking at it right now. One of my biggest regrets in life is not hearing that live at the 10-year anniversary concert with the live band. Mm. But I got to go, when it comes to definitive, I got to go, can I live? I have to. Obviously. I have to. Obviously. If, if I'm point is on my list, obviously. Um, if... This and the evils. Like, if I wanted to, these are the two tracks that I, that I was that that I was referencing when I said like point somebody at why ninety six J is held in such high regard. I think you like you could just, honestly just point at can I live? But can I live and the evils? Right. Um, I could talk all day about why I think it's incredible. Why did you put can I live on here? Uh, again, the the Isaac Hayes sample. Irv Gotti killed this. I mean, he didn't do much but just loop it and add some bass to it. But that's okay. That's all. Yeah, that's all you need. Like, that's that's not a complaint. Jay just absolutely murders this. Um, yeah, again, another perfect record. So you, you said the second verse of the evils is his best. The first verse on can I live? Mm. (laughs) I mean, the, the second verse gets a lot of love because of the one I opened like CBS line. Mm -hmm. Um, there's some crazy things going on there, but that first verse is, yeah, I'd rather die enormous than live dormant. Like while we on it. I better trip the Maui on it. Right. Tough. Yeah. Can I Live is, it's really interesting because, so I was running through my list last night with Marissa and, you know, <laughs> she, she's not a big fan of Jay on slower records, I would say. Okay. She's skeptical. So I like start and I put on the evils and she's like, oh yeah, this one. And I was like, okay. So I'm going through them and I put on Can I Live and, you know, cause it takes a little while for Can I Live to get going. Mm-hmm. And she's just, she could see how skeptical she is. She's like, mm, is this going to speed up? I was like, nope, not going to speed up. That's not going to speed up. But, I, you know, I was harping on Jay's flow on 444. Like, I admit, like, I was really tough on him. But yeah, she- if you want to hear what Jay can do on a slow tempo or a slower tempo, because this is not slow nowadays, but for 96, no. this was pretty slow. Yeah. If you want to hear what Jay can do on a slower tempo, but still have a, a flow that is acrobatic, not yeah. like Eminem on Dead Wrong, you know, not like that. But he is his flow is unbelievable on Can I Live. I'm, I'm hard yeah. on Jay in 2017 because I know what he's done. Yeah, I, I also heard another point about um you brought up uh, Eminem. So like with Renegade, I saw a really interesting tweet this week that said. The general consensus is that Eminem watched Jay, but Jay's lyrics are quoted more in casual conversation. I mean, the only thing there is that song. I mean, the idea of getting murdered on your own, like that comes because of that song. It comes in. Yeah, right. So 
What wait, yeah, what gym lines like, get quoted from Renegade? Do you just listen to me? Do you fools oh, listen to me? What do you quote from Eminem? The thing is, it's funny, I don't, but I re-listened to Renegade prepping for the we'll we'll get to Blueprint <gasps> when we get there. I re-listened to this. Um that first verse from M is peak power Eminem. Like yeah. he is ridiculous on that. He is just skating over that track. Here's one thing though about M. M's because M is so proficient technically. You know me, I'm a content guy. And, yeah. and I'm a content guy, but then at the same on the same token, um, if what you're saying is still engaging, whether I disagree or not, I can still appreciate the fact that you were saying it in a a well uh, a, a, you know a well thought out way. Uh, uh, you know, it's it's just said in a way that I can. All right, I can appreciate that. You know what I'm saying? But like Eminem's verses age really bad to me. Like really, I'm, I I will. I've said this on record. I'm sure you're going to be like, Bruh. I'll take peak Royce over peak M. No. Yeah. Without question. Mm. Won't, even, won't even bat an eye. Peak M is great. He's great. But like, he'll be talking about nothing. And the stuff that he does talk about is just like angsty. That just, I just, I just can't, I just, I can't. Right. Except, you know, I wasn't angsty. You know, I was a white kid. There you go. Like, so for me, it's a different world. I mean, I wasn't like, I mean, I was sort of angsty. I wasn't fully like, you know, you know, ready to go to a good Charlotte concert or anything, but like. Good Charlotte. <laughs> <laughs> you all right there? I'm good. That's funny. Uh, anyway, we're still on reasonable doubt. Okay. Um, so that was my Wait. number. Th- that, was, that was the third one for my list. So we both, even though that's only five songs total, we both now named three. Anything else you want to say about Can I Live? Uh, no, 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 no. I'm good. I'm good. I'm good. Actually, this is, uh, this is, f- I think we're at four. I think this was my fourth. That was your fourth? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Cause I've got Allure, The Evils, Can I Live, and Dead Presidents. Right. Yep, that's- and I have The Evils, Brooklyn's Finest, and Can I Live. Okay. Yep. So. Yes, this is your four. Yep. Right. So number four for me. This is an interesting one. I added this one at the last minute. The extended Primo remix of A Million and One Questions. Mmm. Thought about it. Thought about it. It's on my bonus. So he, here's why it's here for me. There, it's not the most important song for Jay's career. Yeah. But talk about Jay at a like at a peak level. Yeah. So the the version of A Million One Questions that's on the album is incredible. Yeah. It, when we did a definitive fifteen for intros, I had it on my list because that primo beat and Jay like that is that is perfection to me. Mm-hmm. But the extended Primo remix, where there's the beat switch at the end, and then it's, well, they call me Jehovah because the flow is religious. Mm-hmm. That whole part, whoo, I, yeah. a million and one questions is on this list because, you know, I talked about all the different things where I wanted to try to, sh- like, when I put this list together, my criteria, like, if I, like, Can I Live and The Evils are absolutely incredible. Some of the songs that are on this list are going to be on this list because I think that they were important to his career. But if I'm, like, pointing to somebody, Oh, you want to hear what Jay can do? Like, A Million and One Questions is on that list. Yeah. Volume One is a really interesting album. <laughs> it It is. And so much so that nothing from there is on my definitive list. Mm. I have one other. I have one other on. Um, it's, is it? Okay, go ahead. So, but I think that actually 96J is rightfully so held in high regard. I think if you listen to A Million and One Questions, I think you... To me, I but the other reason why I picked this aside from the fact that it's incredible and one of Jay's to me one of Jay's best performances, you hear the like you hear him evolving a little bit. Yeah, and was, so was, that's kind of why it's there as a marker. Like, oh, we're now, you know, sixteen, eighteen months out from Reasonable Doubt, and Reasonable Doubt was recorded over the span of a couple of years. So like Jay has had a minute to sort of do some guest verses, come back, and here's where Jay's at now, mm-hmm. and it's incredible. It's incredible. <sighs> I love that song yeah. so much. Yeah, because I, I'm curious to know what volume one would have sounded like had Big not died. Because the narrative is, is that Jay felt he had to carry the torch essentially for Big after he passed. And that and that is his explanation for the more commercial records. Well, I mean, the only explanation you need for the more commercial records is Puff messed everybody up. Right. Puff's success was so over what we've talked about this ad nauseum on the show. 
um, listen to the Bad Boy Retrospective where we talk about this. Puff's run in 97 was just unparalleled. Mm-hmm. He featured on or produced, or well, I'm using air quotes when I say produced, basically Puff and the Hitman and that whole Bad Boy camp had no, they were the number one song on the pop charts for like, not no joke, nine months that year. Yeah. It's an astonishing run. And you, all you have to do is look at the albums that came out in fall of 97 and you see a bunch of artists who are like i don't know is this what i'm supposed to do and then you get that sharp oh like phenomenon oh or the sunshine video oh or i mean even (laughs) right the refugee all-stars jesus don't do that (laughs) doing avenues right it was the hype williams were doing bright lights and fisheye lens and we're looping up hits from the 80s like Hip hop really, over the course of nine months, ran that into the ground. The ground, yeah. So fast. Mm-hmm. And so the the question about what would Jay's album have sounded like is really, if Big doesn't pass, then obviously Puff's whole career is totally different. Right? Yeah. We don't get I'll Be Missing You, obviously. But then do they even push Puff's album the same way? Right. Is Mo Money, Mo Problems still the next single? I think so. Probably. But is Puff still like... You know, do, does the bad boy success go as high as fast as it did? Right. I don't know. Does Mace's I, I, album sound differently? Right. Right. What happens to the locks? What happens to Jay? Um, there's all sorts, you know, and then it's it's amazing how fast it all happened, right? Within the span of a year, everybody was already ready for DMX to be that course correction. And there's a down order effect like, does Get At Me Dog matter as much if we hadn't heard the last, the previous nine to 12 months of, you know, Shiny Suits 24-7? Right. right there's there's all sorts of incredible like what ifs that happen as a result of big dying but yeah like what happens to volume one is on that list yeah <laughs> so i just ranted yeah no we're good <laughs> okay actually you know what i take that back there is a record from volume one that's on my list i just completely skipped over it mm-hmm. um i mean this is like the obvious one right i'm curious uh, as to what you're going to select here streets is watching so I cheated <laughs> because they were combined for a video on my list. I have streets is watching and where I'm from. Yeah. Where I'm from would be the other one, but I've gone on record saying that I don't love where I'm from the way everybody else does. So I want you to talk about why you love streets is watching. And then I'm going to defend my selection. <laughs> I don't know. Listen, all most of my definitive 15 is going to be, this is a perfect song. <laughs> like this is a perfect song. The beat is crazy. The, I remember the video buying the whole wall. That was the first time I saw somebody like, why is he buying the entire wall of shoes? Who needs those? Who needs that many shoes? And 20 years later, here we are. Um, <laughs> <laughs> and so, yeah, it's, I, I, if I shoot you, I'm brainless. If you shoot me, you're famous. What's the nigga to do? Like, yeah, Jay, I think Jay was coming. I think the. I think this is a glaring example of the. Uh, mature, maturity and development that Jay was uh, experiencing after Reasonable Doubt. I don't think this. I don't think Jay could have wrote this in '96, but he totally could have wrote this in '97. He couldn't have because he wasn't famous enough to be this paranoid. Right. Exactly. Exactly. This was like '96 was like drug dealer paranoid. This is like I'm I'm on tour paranoid. Like I need to check ID before I let y'all right. on my tour bus. You should so, always check ID. I'm just kidding. Um, yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, I, I combined the two of them because two reasons. Number one, I think the video for this and the fact that it was released as a single along with the Streets is Watching soundtrack is really important. It was a very important course correction to what could have been a disaster for Jay-Z's career. Mm-hmm. That Sunshine video was a problem, like a real problem. Was a total br- like people were. Re- I mean, it's no accident that <laughs> Streets is you know that Streets is watching that soundtrack and that direct to to I guess at that point wasn't even DVD. It was direct to VHS, right? Um, yep. And it went. Well, it was it was on DVD? Well, of course it was, but there was no DVDs in '97. Oh, I'm sorry. No, it got re-released. You're right. No, because I have DVD. No, you got it. Do I have that? On DVD? I should check it. Anyway. Um, I'm sure it's on streaming now. Uh, anyway, um. It was such an important course correction because like you go from the sunshine video to the next thing that people see from Jay-Z because actually I take that back. Wait, was the Black Street video? Uh, City is Mine, I think was the second single. Was that a, was that a, 
first of all, is there a video for? Oh, there is a video for. But there's that. totally a video for Street uh, City is mine. Oh, so who you with is technically the first, the first single. Who, wow. So who you with, which is a great song. Now, 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 hold on, hold on. Who you with one? Now, yes. who you with two? <laughs> I'm okay with who either. With one. Who you with one? That was on the Sprung soundtrack. That's right. That's the one. But 97J was who you with, which is you know, it's a flashy song, but it's a dope song. Yeah, the song is the song is dope. Right. Videos, kind, videos, kind of like a sneaky classic. Yes. I mean, it basically set the template for Play Hair's Ball. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, um, low-key. You're right. And then Sunshine. And then yeah. The City is Mine. And then wish it, why is Wishing on a Star on here? Because that was uh, UK, some sort of UK release. Okay. Um, but after Always Be My Sunshine and City is Mine, the course correction was, okay, well... Now I need the next thing that people see from Jay. He's going to be in a bulletproof vest. Yep. With the hardest records that we've got right now. Yep. Chad Hugo, Hugo played the sax on City is Mine. That's hilarious. <laughs> anyway, I need to get off. Wikipedia is a dangerous thing for me. Um, so God, that song. Why do you? Okay, whatever. <laughs> whatever. I haven't heard that song. The worst part is I'm trying to hear it in my head. And all I hear instead is. Black Street, Foxy Brown, uh, Get You Home With Me Tonight. <laughs> Which is a classic record. The Foxy Brown album. Uh, got some records. Got some joints. I mean, I'll be. I was going to say, now that's peak flashy Jay-Z. So we often talk about how flashy Jay-Z was like a bomb in 97. But I'll be Jay-Z was dope. Yeah, I'll be Jay-Z was dope. It was, it was like, he just went so far. He, I mean, because honestly, that always be my sunshine video might as well be like, it might as well be a Mace record. Yeah. Um, so I think, it, you know, the, okay, we're doing Streets is Watching where I'm from. Like they did the Streets is Watching soundtrack. Like they, there was a definite course correction to Jay being harder. Like, I think that was really important for his career. Number one. Number two, um, I think like when you think about the mythology of Jay-Z, where I'm from, I combine these two to cheat because they're one video, but where I'm from, this whole notion of Biggie, Jay-Z, or Nas, like that reverberated so strongly in hip hop for so long mm-hmm. that it's a part of the Jay-Z story. Yeah. Because he was only on a second album. Like he just sort of put himself up there. And for the most part, not everybody, but for the most part, a large, a large number of hip hop fans kind of went, okay, yeah, yeah, I can see that. I don't know. What do you think? Yeah, yeah, I guess, yeah, yeah. All right. We hope you enjoyed Side A of this week's episode. Please check out Side B at clockradiospeakers.com.